Welcome to Level 7, Episode 119, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 3, Episode 3, Unwanted, Inhuman? Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. It's Agent Daniel here on probably one of my most tense nights as a baseball fan. But I'm not alone. I'm here to share the glory of my baseball fandom with... I think you are alone on that um, because I'm not here in the glory of your baseball fandom. But I am Ben, Ben Avery, here to podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not really prepared to come and talk about the cubbies i do i do realize that i was texting six people during the game and had about two other facebook conversations going on none of them with you in fact i think you actively avoided me during that time frame i not only actively avoided you i actually actively mocked you openly when i sent you the message that said tense there was no response but yep no response. None. And then when you sent it in all caps, there was also no response. That was really me trying to get you to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Was looking for some support. I did not. It was a back and forth game, Ben. Back and forth. I like back and forth games. It was fun. I do. That sounds like the kind of game I would have liked if I had the patience to watch a baseball game on TV. I do not. I do not have the patience to watch a baseball game on TV. I do have the patience to watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV. And I well, think, there you go. I think we should start talking about that. What do you think? Do you think you'll be patient enough to hold off on that conversation until we're done with the intelligence report? I can. I can. But we're going to have to go through the intelligence report quickly because there could be a lot of long stopping points. And I don't want us to take too many long stopping points here. I almost wondered if we should set a timer. And no, once, I, I When I the timer goes off, we just have to stop. But I think we can do it. I think we can do it. All right. Let's do it. Shield intelligence report. Ben, there was a lot of news last week. Yes, there was. Part of that I was wanna, there was a comic convention over the weekend. Yeah. I want to I just break it into three things. Okay. So I don't want to talk about the trailers. I mean, they're out there. We've been posting it. Well, I mean, that, we some, can say that. We can say there's a Daredevil trailer that's a trailer for, for season one, but it does give us some glimpses, very quick glimpses of season two. And since we last talked, I believe there's another Jessica Jones teaser. There was, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, There was a free Jessica Jones comic book. Let's talk about that at a different time, different place. Yeah, yeah. But it does tie in to Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones. And it is definitely MCU, an MCU comic story. So, But there's three things I want to talk about. Okay. The big giant news bin. Yeah. Announced today. The big giant news. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking if it's announced oh. today. Oh. So well, what's the I big giant pretty, news? I think it's pretty big that at Disneyland they're going to have a Tomorrowland Expo Center complete with a superhero HQ. No, really? 
It's Disneyland doing Disneyland stuff. Can't you get excited about the Star Wars launch bay? Mm. No. I mean, it's not going to happen for three years. More? No, the Star Wars launch base. No, dude, dude, Innovations is just a building. They've already got this stuff. This stuff's ready to roll out, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, because, like, the, they're going to have the Iron Man virtual suit. I've already, I did that years ago. And they're going to have the Thor meet and greet, which they've had there. So this is literally them moving out the technology and educational stuff out of Innovations and putting in Marvel and Star Wars stuff. This is a show, not not a land, man. Oh, but here's the big deal. <laughs> this is Spider not what I thought was the big deal. Spider-Man's going to be there. I, I heard about that. This is the first time Disney's ever had Spider-Man in the park. And why are they putting him in the park? Because they can. a new version will be introduced in next summer's Captain America Civil War. You got you to gotta pimp the movie. Got to pimp the movie. So I think this is pretty cool. Yeah. No, it, it'd be neat. I mean, I'm not going to go. Well. But... We can dream, can't we? Yeah, I, I don't know if I would call that the big giant news, though. Okay, I got some big news. Okay, the big this is the big giant news. Okay, I'm ready. <sighs> well, we n- we now know who Carrie Ann Moss is. This is Jessica not the Joe. big giant news that I was thinking. I think this is massive. I think this is massive because we now know that she's Jaren Hogarth. Yeah, that's not massive. We well, know that we she's know who- playing a, a supporting cast from Iron Fist. Which is good. That's a huge deal because Iron Fist is so rumored to be on the chopping block. Maybe not even making it, but here we go. We got an Iron Fist character. First of all, I haven't heard that rumor. Oh, I've heard it. It makes me sad because Iron Fist is the one I'm most excited about. I was reading Iron Fist today. I was getting tense. No. Where have you heard that rumor? I have not heard that rumor. It's been all over the internet, man. Even Stan (laughs) Lee put it out. Okay. Well. Stan's never been known to be wrong. Okay. Well, anyway. It is good news. Casting issues, buddy. It's fun news. It's interesting news because it is we're getting tie-ins to Iron Fist in Jessica Jones. This we this is good stuff, but not giant news. No, fine. Tell me what you think is giant news then. Well, the giant news that I think is giant news is actually tiny news because it's uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. We are getting a new Ant Man movie, and to make way for that new Ant Man movie. We are moving some other movies. So, I mean, that's that's giant news. This is, they've added a movie. It's ant-sized news. Well, yeah, but it's it's an actual whole movie that they're adding. Well, you're going to be happy about it. We know that. Well, I knew that you wouldn't care. Because I'm fine with not, it. I not think a it's finally fan, cool. We have a female superhero's name in a movie title. We are, and... It's coming out before the other one. So, like, this will be the first Marvel movie that has the the female lead role in the title. So, here's what happened. Uh, Black Panther got pushed back from November of 2017. Wait, no. Black Panther is February 2018 now. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is July of 2018. And in between them, you have in May, Avengers. Captain Marvel got pushed uh, forward in time, I guess, to March 8, uh, 2019. So. And 
is there maybe some to be determined now that we don't know about? Yeah, there's three new to be determines, and they're all after Avengers Infinity War Part Two. So we're looking at this kind of nebulous what happens after Avengers now, and that is July 12th, 2019 is supposed to be Inhumans. May 1st, 2020, untitled. July 10th, 2020, untitled. November 2nd, 2020, untitled. So we're getting three Avengers, or MCU rather, movies every year. We With 2016, we're getting two. Captain America in May, Doctor Strange in November. 2017, though, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man, and Thor Ragnarok. 2018 is Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War Part 1, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then 2019, we get Captain Marvel, Avengers Infinity War Part 2, and Inhumans. Although the rumor that's going around, and it's a rumor that I actually am seeing all over the place, instead of the Iron Fist one that I'm not sure where it's coming from, but that rumor is that uh, Inhumans might be on the chopping block because of all the no, stuff. No, that's not going to happen because Vin Diesel also came out and said that he's been asked to do another non-speaking character. That's great, but we're still looking at a movie that's coming out in 2019. So what a, what a lot can happen. Do? What else is, is Vin Diesel going to do? Yeah, he doesn't have much of a career right His now. His career is just drying up in front it of is. us. It is. There is just nothing happening with that guy. And he really needs the Inhumans in 2019 to kickstart his career. He's got to pay the mortgage. Get him back on track. So. Pay the mortgage. Uh, but that rumor, you know, it's it's definitely a rumor. Uh, people were talking about it after the Ant-Man news. But even the Ant-Man news was we added a movie and squeezed it in rather than uh, we added a movie and took another movie out. So, yeah, so that's our news. See, we did it fast. We did. We did. Actually, if we'd set the timer, I was going to set a timer for 10 minutes. and Oh, that would have been way too long. It, well, not way too long because I think we're looking at – we just did eight. So, yeah. Efficiency, buddy. Efficiency. Well, let's move on then. Let's be efficient and let's talk about this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you ready? Yes. Well, I don't know what I would have done if you'd said no. So, I'm glad you said yes. Mission report. So the episode we are talking about tonight is a wanted inhuman, but the way the title is written is inhue is in parentheses. So it's like a wanted man, but then we're putting in parentheses inhue because it's a wanted inhue man. Somebody smart and literary. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it looks a little goofy. I mean, it just looks goofy. You say the title, A Wanted Inhuman, and it's not, but you look you at totally it. would have known it. I don't know. Maybe. If I was trying to be goofy. Yeah. Dude, goofy, that explains you. Sometimes. Yeah. I'll take that. We've got basically two plots. There is a strong A plot, a strong B plot, and then there is a minor C plot. <laughs> so... Daniel, I was thinking, instead of act by act, let's go A plot, B plot, C plot. What do you think? All right. Let's go ahead and plod through. All right. So our A plot is the wanted inhuman. Our B plot is May and Hunter. And our C plot that's related to the wanted inhuman because they're 
geographically there. Uh, and Bobby's kind of a little bit of a loose connection, but the, the C plot is um, Fitzsimmons and what's going on with Simmons. Where do you want to start? Let's do the reverse of what I did with new, with the intelligence report. And let's actually do the big boy first. All right. So the big boy is the wanted inhuman and that basically we're looking at what's happening between shield and ATCU, which I don't even know what it stands for, but if shield was one of those things where it sounds like somebody just really wanted to spell the word shield, uh, ATCU is somebody just didn't even care. <laughs> they're just, they're just doing it. And I really wish they would have tried to do something with that, but you just wish it was said hammer. Yeah. There's a little part of me that does. There's a little part of me that does, or even sword, you know, again, it can't well, actually it could have been sword. It doesn't have to. They're I dealing mean, with an alien threat. Yeah, that's it, a big deal for them. So they could. You could have totally made it sword. I, I think that you could do a number of acronyms without having to work too hard for this particular organization. And then in the second half of the year, you go ahead and you bring Abigail in. Yeah, sure. I don't know who that is. Abigail Brand, the head of Sword. I bring up Sword not because I know anything about it, just because I think it sounds cool. I always yeah, thought Abigail it was kind of cool. That you is, had is Shield and Sword. Yeah, she's the she's the head. Sword and shield. Yeah. But uh, a hammer, yeah. There's, there's a part of me that just, the cute little tie, maybe it's too cute, I don't know. But ATCU and S.H.I.E.L.D., they are working at cross purposes, and this kind of resolves a little bit of that, maybe. So, but that's our teaser. Our teaser is that they're chasing Lincoln, the ATCU guys, and they're, they're running after him and they're calling out lethal force if necessary. And then he causes there to be this sh uh, sparks shower from these uh, high, high uh, power lines. And they, he gets away because they can't run through that. They're going to let team two get him, which team two must suck because they totally didn't get him. Well, but, they also say they have to call. Uh, I believe they say they also have to make the call and bring in everyone. Yeah, bring so everyone. So they in know that Team Two is not. Lincoln's on the run. They they know that no regular force is going to grab him. Yeah, yeah. So from here we go into Act One, and Act One of our A plot, we have basically the team is saying, "Hey, they're 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 chasing Lincoln. <laughs> He's." On the run. And Colson and Mac know how to find him. Daisy says he's not answering his phone. But Colson and Mac have a secret. And that secret is that Mac placed a tracer on him. Thank goodness they gave us a flashback so we could all be reminded when. Well. It was a whole two episodes ago. I was trying to figure that out. How did this happen? When did this happen? But yeah, they, they uh, give us the flashback. And... We also find out that, that ATCU is getting desperate. They put Lincoln's picture out in public and have said that they call him the Cincinnati Hospital Alien Terrorist. So the, the Cincinnati Hospital Alien Terrorist attack, and this is the guy who's responsible for that. And it's interesting that they're they're basically just, it's just normal, normal language for the newscasters to talk about this alien attack that happened in Cincinnati. But again, this world has changed drastically in the last three seasons. 
Well, this we've w- had a major alien attack. We've had cities falling from the sky. We've got all the wackiness of Iron Man 3. I mean, this world is not our world. In Iron Man 1, we basically are in our world. And Iron Man 1 is almost kind of that divergent point. Now, there's stuff that happened before, especially you know with Captain America in World War II and that kind of thing. But all the stuff leading up to that point in Iron Man where Tony Stark is driving the, you know, riding in the Humvee in the the desert. That's our world. It's recognizable as our world. And that missile strike, you know, the attack on, on the convoy, that's what kind of takes us away and puts us on this track to this world of alien threats, alien terrorists, and inhumans. So. Yeah, so... I mean, this is just like news reporters in our world sadly talking about crime. Yeah, and what I'm getting flashbacks to as far as like real-world applications was right after the terrorist bombing at the Boston Marathon. And where you had, you know, they're talking about this this person. He's a person of interest. We need to watch out for him. And, you know, the manhunt wasn't quite so specific that I remember. No, it was after him, But... It's that kind of thing where it's, you know, this guy's on the run. He is dangerous. He is an alien. And people are recognizing him from the news reports. And from this, Coulson and his team know the ATCU is desperate. And the, the public is being kind of whipped up into a panic by the ATCU. But the ATCU needs results. So that's Act 1 there. Anything you want to talk about more with Act 1 for our, our A-plot? No. After the commercial, I've got a long lecture. But... Uh-oh. Well, after the commercial, you know who else got a long lecture? Daisy. Coulson. Coulson gave Daisy a nice long lecture about you can't go after Lincoln because the ATCU wants inhumans. And guess what you are, Daisy? You're an inhuman. And Daisy comes back. You know, this isn't what we talked about, what we prepared for. You know, got to get the team together. And Coulson basically lays it out there and says, you know, we weren't planning for any of this. Yeah. This all kind of got out of our hand. And so when I say big lecture, here it comes, Ben. I'm ready. You know what this really reminds me of? I do not. Secret Warriors. This okay. really is the kind of conversation you could have had between Nick Fury and Daisy Johnson in Secret Warriors where Nick Fury is pushing Daisy to learn how to make the hard decisions. That's where Coulson's at. He's having to make the hard decisions. He needs Daisy to make hard decisions. And we'll see it again in this plot where he'll straight out, you know, there will be times he'll tell her you can't go. But there's also going to be times where he tells her she gets to decide if she gets to go. And that again, that's really one of those things that Fury does with Daisy in Secret Warriors is work with her on her decision making. Now, again, the big difference is, is old man Clint Eastwood, Nick Fury, to be honest, is not really the nicest sort of guy <laughs> and doesn't always make the decision with the idea that Daisy's a daughter. He really does kind of think of Daisy as a daughter. This Colton really he, – he's doing this mostly out of a place of mentorship and concern. And we'll make other decisions out of, well, I'm going to just say it, love. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and it's interesting because we did just recently read a comic about um, that change in Nick Fury from re- the Nick Fury of the, the old days, the Stranko days even, and the what you called the, the old man Clint Eastwood, Nick Fury. He's but, you know, guy. that really does exist in the comics where, you know, and I think Bendis and Secret Wars – no, Secret War, excuse me, they, where you see Daisy come in is a real clear point where in the comics at Secret War, it's pretty clear that Fury is a man who does things at all costs to get the job done. Where before, you know, is more the good soldier. So moving away from the comic, though, this totally makes sense. This 100% totally makes sense. You don't want to put her in the field if she's a primary target for your enemy. That's just not, that's just not good. It's not good for your, your person on the field. However, we're going to find out she'll, she has to go on the field, but it all goes down the way Colson kind of expects it to. They, they are coming after inhumans and she is a target. She is a desired, um, objective for them. Well, they only know of two. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's two specifically that they know are out there. <laughs> they got two they can put on TV. <laughs> so Lincoln himself, though, in this act, he gets picked up by his Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor. At least that's the impression I get. It may not. That's it, exactly the word I wrote in the corner. I, they don't they don't name drop AA, but this is definitely the, the way that that works, where you have your sponsor and you're able to call on them at any time and they will they will come to you to help you. And Lincoln's in trouble. He calls on this guy. He says, you are the only one who can help me. You're the only one I can trust. His name is John. And the sponsor takes him back to his own apartment. And Lincoln says, hey, I'll, I'll buy your car. You know, let me buy your car. Because um, he stole money from an ATM uh, earlier. And his sponsor's like, it's okay. It's okay. I know the kind of man you are. It's I'm in going trouble, to but be I didn't do okay. anything wrong. As soon as uh, he said, it's going to be okay, I wrote down in my notes, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> and I wrote in the corner, too easy. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, a problem for Lincoln. He's trusting this guy. And as soon as he's trusting this guy, I'm thinking to myself, okay, bad, bad move. I mean, what, well, what but, other move is the, there? But, you know, this... From a story perspective, I know he's going to be betrayed just because I've been watching TV and movies and reading comics and books all my life. But but I do think that, again, the story's got to move fast. And John can't be there forever. So I think them giving He's not the there ex- forever. But, well, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the I do. I do. That, but The fact that they give us the assumption that they're allowing us to make the leap to think that he is an AA-type sponsor – you know, and there could be other groups. It could be, you know, something related to mm-hmm. anger or Inhumans Anonymous. but Or drugs. He, I mean, it, yeah, with the general idea that he's a sponsor and that they've had a long-term relationship and there's been multiple times that Lincoln has called on him. And that right there just sets us up to the fact where you're like, okay, there's reasons why Lincoln trusts this guy. That's a long, long history. So if he was to betray him. It's going to hurt, even though we only know him for a few minutes. Yeah, this is what makes it nice. I mean, in a quick moment, you, you have a nice shorthand here for deep friendship. There's a history in their friendship, but beyond the history in their friendship, 
there's a reason that this was needed. Lincoln has something in his past, probably alcoholism, and quite possibly alcoholism to uh, dull, you know, maybe the early, uh, the early trauma or the early uh, pain of his own uh, inhuman revelation. And, you know, as he was able to come back, uh, we we don't know the story behind what was causing him to seek out, you know, whatever escape he could get from that, but. But we do know that there was time outside of afterlife because he picked up a medical degree. Yeah. So either before or after his transformation, he so had a life. There's something. There's something there. And this is quick. It's shorthand. It's effective, though. It works. Yes, we it is. know It's very well we done. We know the character. And, yeah, I'm expecting him to be betrayed because he's seeking solace with a friend. And in storytelling, when things go right, you know something's going to go wrong. <laughs> it's I'm going gonna gonna to be blunt about this. This could be a cliche, but it's a time where it's an effective use of a cliche. Because, again, just like you said, shorthand, we're emotionally charged because of the cliche. Yeah, we, we, we know what's coming. Uh Although I should say we know what's coming with the betrayal. We don't know what's coming specifically. We go from Lincoln having his moment of safety, although uh, we should say right now, another thing that quickly tells us this is going to happen is his friend sees him on the news. Well, sees the news. They tease us a little bit. Maybe he didn't see Lincoln's face. A little bit, but they cut away. Like he's looking at the news and they're talking about him. And then we cut away from that. And we cut away to, um, uh, what's her name? Rosalind. Roz. Roz. She's in her car. She's talking. We got to get this done. We got to do this. You know, we got to find him. And then there's a call that comes through. Well, it's, it's the president. From the White is House. on the line. Yep. Yep. And instead of the president of the United States, we get our Colson. That's we so get, Phil. Yeah, we get um we get witty banter Colson. And it's it's good to see him, you know, to know that he's there. Even though there's dark things that have happened to him, he is still allowing himself to have a little bit of fun with his enemy, you know. And I don't mean fun like he he and his enemy are playing catch. I mean he's kind of teasing his enemy and and using his wit to kind of you know, it's almost misdirection. You know, I, I'm not as much of a threat because look, listen to me. I, I'm a, I'm a funny guy. I'm a goofy guy. You know, I, I, uh, I deflect, I, I deflect my problems with humor. <laughs> We've never done that. <laughs> never, never, ever. Uh, so it's nice to see him and he's pirated the, the line. And this, this is a great line, you know, he, so it seems we both have connections to the White House. It's just mine is a pirated signal that they're going to find in a couple minutes. So let's get down to business. And he wants to be on neutral ground. He wants to, um, he trusts her uh, to, to do this. Just the two of them, just one-on-one -on -one neutral ground. And he's looking for, you know, something. We, aren't, we don't know exactly what it is yet. But she takes a moment from the conversation to turn around, puts him on hold on mute they have a location for lincoln 
And that's where we cut to commercial. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very frustrated with Sky in this next little moments here because she was just plain not doing her job. She was supposed to be completely following on all of the law enforcement leads and everything. She's supposed to be hacked Dude, in. She's a super Googler. She is. She is. But is she super Googling? No. She's bringing daisies to her friend, which, yeah, it's good to connect with your friends. But they she's would have got gotten there earlier. Going. They would have gotten there earlier if they had been paying attention. I, I really believe this. Like this whole scene yeah. here. Is just to bring her away from her monitoring the the all the no, different. No, this whole scene is to get into the C plot. It's to no 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 no, because they should have known about Lincoln's location the same dude, moment. Dude. That, okay, that I need you to stop and breathe. Stop and breathe. What? We're not on the bus anymore. We're not a tiny little team. She's leading. Teams of techs in Googling. She's got aggregators. She's got computers. She has been given this role. She's been given this task. She's been given a task. Dude, she's taking personal care time. Okay. Away from her task, which a man's life is on the line. So you're not going to let her go to the bathroom or have lunch or a snack? No, no. If she's going to go to the bathroom, she needs to take her phone with her. So she can be notified from She's her little a 15 minute paid break, 15 yes. minutes. And this isn't even that Daniel, I get a 15 minute break when I need to go and, you know, get my mail from the front office or something like that. But from my job, a man's life is not on the line, especially it. Well, I mean, if my wife say was in danger and she was going to die, if someone else caught her first. I probably wouldn't take a bathroom break or Dude, go bring daisies to my friend. Mess. That's what you are. This is out of control. This is Daniel level craziness. If my wife is in danger, I'm not bringing you daisies, Daniel. I don't care how long you were trapped. You're not bringing me daisies. I don't care anyway. how long you were trapped on an alien planet. I don't want daisies if I've been trapped on an alien planet. What I would I'm not, like I'm not is bringing a few you... graphic novels. But that's, again, this is Daniel level craziness. This is not craziness at all. This is, oh, Daisy. I wrote Sky not doing her job. Wow. She's not doing her job. I I, I believe this might reflect more on you than it does on her. And perhaps we need to have a conversation offline. If it reflects on me, it's because I care about my friends who might be in danger to be arrested or dissected as an alien terrorist threat. Does that really seem logical to you? No, which is why I think Daisy should not be in this room with Simmons. It's a nice little conversation, though. Good friendship moment. Well, but it also gives us a chance to finally have Simmons and Sky reconnecting. We we have another person learning that her name is no longer Sky. It's Daisy. Dude, you just, you're making way too much of the scene. But You've then we literally cut away talked from about here. the scene longer than the scene exists. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm making way too much of this, but it gives us time then also because the ATCU is not there yet. But John has been told your friend is dangerous and John is not letting Lincoln leave. John is getting a baseball bat to not let his friend leave. 
Yeah, was that an aluminum baseball bat? That was a really unfortunate choice of baseball bat, I think. It was yeah. zapped out of his hand. It's good for rec softball leagues, buddy. Uh, so I hear. So Trust I me, hear. I it's good for rec softball. It was knocked out of his hand with a lightning bolt, which then caused John to go into cardiac arrest. And here's where we get some now, more. Now, is this t- a twist? Well, it's a twist, yeah. Because it's approximately A28. This is not the twist. Well, I'm wondering if this is a double twist episode. Well, this, the twist because happens the, right before you go to commercial break. Dude. Um, this is the beginning of act three. Dude, this is a double twist. Because here's the thing. No, it's not a twist. Lincoln's a good guy. Lincoln's a good guy. He shouldn't be killing people. So the fact that Lincoln killed somebody totally feels like a twist. No, well, it doesn't feel like a twist to me. What it feels like to me is another character moment. He has just caused his friend to go into cardiac arrest. His friend falls down. Lincoln needs to get out of there. Because they're coming. That's why he zapped the bat out of the guy's hand in the first place. Why does he not get out of there? Because his friend is laying there hurt. You know, he caused the hurt, but he he helps people. Lincoln helps people. And so Lincoln has to stay. He tries to zap the guy's heart, you know, do, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call that when you have the little paddle things, the heart paddles? I know exactly what you're talking about. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. I think one knows what I'm talking about and people are now yelling at me. The paddles. Yeah. 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 I can hear you in the future yelling at me through your iPods right now, but whatever it is, he's, he's doing those paddle things with his own hands. Uh, He has to stay. And he can't stay. I'm just saying, you already gave the guy a shock, and that's what put him into this place. Is another shock going to bring him back? Yeah, it will. Okay. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, the one shock stopped the heart, but then he's using him specifically to to get the heart started again. Now, Sky wasn't doing her job. And so instead of finding <sighs> out about this through, you know, the law enforcement channels that they're supposed to be tapping and watching and listening to... She gets a phone call from Lincoln <laughs> and says, I need your help. I need your help. Mm. Yeah. So they are going to go. And Coulson lets Daisy go. She can go on this mission because that's the only way Lincoln will come with them. Coulson himself is not going on this mission. He is going to the beach. He meets Rosalind. He talks to Rosalind. He lusts after Rosalind's car. Well, they're Jeez. definitely setting these two up for us, shipping them. I don't want to ship them, though, because... I don't either, because there's this nice lady with a cello. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm not shipping them, but I'm enjoying their relationship. I'm really enjoying their relationship. The The interplay between them, they are good foils for each other. No, even though at I, the I end, the stash. <laughs> even at the end, they're not going to be enemies necessarily, but they are definitely going to be in, uh, protagonists working at cross purposes, and she's going to be more antagonistic to him as they move forward. But this is a nice scene. The scenes with Rosalind, both last episode and this one, have been good. I've really enjoyed them. I like her a lot. I think this is. A great addition to to our show. 
She's a great actress. So she basically says, why are you, why are you here? You know, why are we here? And his final line here is you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And so that's, that's act three. Our twist comes in the next little spot, but, but, but nope, we're not talking about that. Nope. So we're going to move into act four. Act four has us bouncing back and forth again between the ATCU and shield and their mission and, uh, Coulson and Rosalind. And Rosalind points out, our organization exists because your organization kind of stinks. And well, not didn't, didn't it imploded. imploded. It imploded. And now no one knows that you even exist. And the public needs to feel safe. Well, and this is leading into a little bit of a debate about what's your level of visibility you know, do we need a shield that's out there? Shield, at least semi, was out there before. Helicarriers were seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people knew what a helicarrier was, I assume, in Captain America when it flew up. I mean, they knew exactly who to point the finger at and to blame. But, I mean, is this a police force that needs to be seen or does it work best when it's secret warriors? Right. And the ATCU, they're out there and they're seen. But they're not being seen being effective. And so she says, you know, you, nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows where you are. Nobody knows what you're doing. We need a win. And well, she needs a win because of the president. Well, yeah. I mean, the president said. I mean, when, when he's strapped inside of an Iron Man suit, you know who gets him out? Rhodey. And that is getting stuff done. Results. He's been through a lot as far as being president of the United States. A lot has happened under his his term. And a lot more is coming. Yeah. I mean, alien threats, they're real in this world. What about when that Wakandan pre- uh, king comes and visits? Huh. That's not going to be good. I think it will be good. Well, maybe not for the president. Well, why wouldn't it be good for the president? Well, because I was recently reading some Black Panther in which the president was very upset with some things that Chachala uh, said. Well, you know? Again, that's the comics. And I love comics, but doesn't really have much. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So while Coulson and Rosalind are talking and bargaining. And we find out that um, Coulson needs to make a deal because he knows that she has an ace up her sleeve. And what is it? And <gasps> you're not using it. Meanwhile, Sky is talking with with Lincoln and saying, you know, hey, you know, you help people come with us. You need help. I almost it, she's talking him off a ledge here. And it's almost like, well, it's almost like talking, you know, an alcoholic off a ledge. Well, it's also like what he did last season with her when she was convinced that all she was was evil. It's exactly like that. And so I almost have this feeling of like paying it forward. You have John and Lincoln maybe before when, you know, he was there in the afterlife dealing with his alcoholism. And... You know, John is helping Lincoln and then Lincoln goes to the Inhumans and he's helping all these Inhumans. 
And he's a helper. I mean, he is a kind person who wants to help people. And so he does that with them. Everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And now Sky is, who was helped by Lincoln. Sky is doing the same for Lincoln. But just, just give up on me. Yeah, well, she can't just give up on him because, you know what? Because everybody who's female in my home who's watching this and isn't Mrs. Butcher is about to freak out. So that'd be your, your daughter? Yeah, she, this was a very popular move with her. She was, she was saying the only reason she watched is because she wanted to see Daisy and Lincoln get shipped. Really? Yes. Interesting. Very, very excited. Okay. Interesting. So there's a kiss. Yeah. And then there's a betrayal. Or a seeming betrayal. Mac comes in. The look on his face as he comes in. He can't look Sky in the eye. You know, it's just we're letting them take Lincoln. And I have a theory about this. This has nothing to do with Lincoln. It has everything to do with her. Because he knows. And he, he's overheard the kiss. He knows how much Lincoln means to her. So for what he's about to say, he, he, he knows this is not right in your – and it's not something that's going to make you happy. He cares about his partner yeah. as a partner. He does. And this is bad for her. It's bad for Lincoln. I mean it's, it's not a good move in Mac's eyes, but he has to act it out. I mean he has to go and do this. So they're going to turn ben, over Lincoln. Ben, I think you're. I think you're totally missing the point here. So you always tonight, think I'm missing the point. So what else had, is doing? We had at a conversation, point? okay. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, I said, "Don't you care about the Cubs?" And you said, "No." I said, "Don't you care about the Cubs because it makes me happy?" No, you, you said, and then because you kind, it melts and then you, you. Kind of admitted a little bit that it was okay. You said, "Don't you like the Cubs because they melted me?" I'm oh, thinking, that was totally misspelling that. Yeah. That's autocorrect. That conversation went wrong. So I said, yes, if they melted you, I would care. Yeah, and for a while you were my my Mac, and now you're not. I played video games with you, though. I would, I should say. But, I mean, this is exactly right. He's looking out for her. And he knows that this is a mistake from her perspective. And, and I think honest, from his perspective, be, too. He, he easily could be in full agreement with it because he probably would rather have her than Lincoln anyway. You mean he would rather give up Lincoln than give up Sky? Oh, absolutely. I I think he would rather give up no one, though. I mean, I think that he is on Sky's side as far as, you know, we should, the three of us need to be leaving together, not the two of us are leaving together so they can take Lincoln or, and, and they don't know that Sky is an option. They don't know that she's a secondary. I mean, well, actually, they do know that she's a secondary. Yeah, the, objective. the team does. Now, Mac may not fully have all the information. Daisy doesn't know that she's a secondary option yet. Yeah, and Daisy doesn't even know what's going on. Well, Daisy doesn't know that she's actually a bargaining chip. Yeah, and I mean, and what's going on in front of her is Dad just gave away my new boyfriend, right? Without knowing that it was her or him. And my big brother's here making it happen. Yeah, and so that's where we go to commercial. Because I will say this, and this is me going off, it's really kind of cool having Daisy and Mac put together, just teamed up. Because especially today, the size differences, you know, he is a big foreboding guy. 
He really is. He's tough. He's, he's, he's a tough. strong man. With a soft heart. And she, you know what? She can ha- she can be tough and have an edge, but compared to him size-wise, she's tiny. And it really is an interesting just visual partnership to see these two compare and contrast next to each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who came up with the idea on the writing staff of let's put Mac and Daisy together, but it was it's nicely done. The writing for this for this partnership is nice. We've very quickly bonded them. Um, we've made up for the fact that I was mad at Mac and you were trying to kill him. I mean, you haven't tried to kill him all the season three. Um, and and just, again, visually, just because of the contrasts in their body types is really cool. And then, you know, because Mac has said it, you know, I may be the big one, but she's the tough one. She's the one with the real punch. Yeah, but he's the one with the sneaky little tracker. Yeah, <laughs> he is. So we move into act five. We come back from commercial. Lincoln goes on the run again. Zappity zap. He knocks out most of the ATCU team. And uh, with him out of the picture, they're going to take Sky instead. Deals off. And Colson says, well, what if I can give you something better? Because if you take my agent, you start a war. And he didn't say it quite as emphatically as I did, but... No, I thought he did. He if was you point take point. my agent, you start a war, and I have something better to offer you. So what is it? Well, we're going to find out. Sky finds out about the uh, motivation behind the deal. It was him or me or what's the third option? Well, the third option is Colson himself. He's going to he, he's a consultant now for them for the ATCU. But he does – he makes a very interesting point about this. He makes a which great is, point here, yeah. You know, basically, we spent all of season two fighting about who's fighting the good fight. You know, maybe it's time to just put that aside. Yeah, he says, I'm done fighting with people about who gets to fight the real fight. So he had the stash. He had pointy shield. And now he's just like, whatever. You know, I'm going to work with him. Does he trust him? No, 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 but he can hopefully guide them. And if they are going to listen to him, this is a, this is actually a, a good arrangement to have. However, what if they don't listen? What happens then? Inside. And he's cool, son. So it's, it, it's a gamble. Uh, but what it guarantees for us is more Colson Rosalind interaction and in fact the scene ends with her calling just to see if he's actually going to pick up which is kind of funny like just want to make sure you didn't give me a fake number you know like if you were trying to pick me up at a bar and i gave you the wrong number and you know then you try and call me the next day and you know totally it's a number that starts with 555 which isn't even real so it's like you've done that i have never had an opportunity to do that no uh, and i haven't had it done to me but that's because during my dating years we didn't have cell phones really it would have been like a zach morris brick so anyway we go from there to sky oh because he's talking about how she has a personal stake in this 
And Coulson's obviously not on uh, shipping uh, Sky and, and Lincoln because Sky mm-hmm. says, oh, so Mac told you about the conversation? And Coulson, what? So she goes back to Mac and says, thanks for not telling him anything about what you heard. And Mac says, hey, I need some backup in my video game. Let's shoot digital enemies. It's a but friendship. Here's the important thing. Again, back to this partnership idea. Mac keeps her secrets. Yeah. I, th- I have a feeling that if it was a secret that needed to be told, he would. You mean like she's going to blow up? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this like is a personal level secret and she's he's going to keep it. If she was losing control of her powers or something like that, where it would it, hurt it, her. Technically, or, Coulson may need to know how close she is to this. Yeah, maybe. It, it's maybe. not the closeness that he thinks it is. But it is still a closeness. I mean, there's still, there's definitely closeness going on there. Whether or not it is because they're both in humans or because. Or because it's kissy kissy. Yeah. But it's a, it's a real friendship. And this is nice. I mean, we've got. We, we, we've got nice new relationships going on here. And, and for Mac and for Sky, it's we are partners, we are friends, and we work together well. So that's our A plot. What you think? Whew. You know, I thought it was okay. In many ways, we're really not resolved. Lincoln's still out there. We're not resolved with the Lincoln stuff, but this does push forward relationships, uh, causes some relationships to be thin. Um, You know, they're trying to convince Lance or uh, they're trying to convince Lincoln, rather. You can trust us. We'll help you. He totally gets betrayed twice. His his AA sponsor betrays him. And then his girlfriend's employer betrays him. Not that she's really his girlfriend yet, but yeah, it's not a good day to be Lincoln. And it hasn't been for a while. I love the line from last episode. No, was it from the first episode where he's, she's like, we want to help your, you know, uh, help you get in a life or something. He basically says, you've ruined my life. My, My life is, not just changed, it's ruined completely. So, shall we move to our B plot? Let's go to the soccer plot. Let's go to the plot written perhaps by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough. Lance and May, they're going to go meet a guy named Spud, and they're going to try and sell weapons to this guy named Spud, uh, rather to who Spud works with. Apparently it's Hydra. By the way, did you know that there is a Spud in the Marvel 616 universe? No, I did not. I looked it up. I was like, yeah, I want to see if there's a Spud. And so I just put in Spud and Marvel and there it brought up an entry on a Marvel wiki that says it's a mutant who is a member of the Brotherhood from one of the remaining cells who have been gathered at New York to kill some of the X-Force. And his uh, first appearance is Brotherhood number nine. And his uh, death appearance is in Brotherhood number nine. Well, that was fast. Now, wasn't it? Well, you know, kind of appropriate. I have no idea if they were, you know, using that name because this is a guy who exists. But, you know, 
dead in his first appearance. And he's a mutant, though, and he has some weird, funky powers. And actually, Spud is not the name that he... He didn't have any name in the issue. The trivia in this wiki says, This character appeared only in the final issue of the series and was never named. Spud is a fan-made name given by the Marvel Appendix writers. So... It was just but Spud. A, yeah, a little, little bit of trivia there. to Hydra and to Richie. So I, I don't know if that character has any bearing on anything. Well, <laughs> you know, trying it, to move past here. You're just hanging a lampshade on it, aren't you? So, uh, Bobby and and Lance had a phone call where Bobby says, you know, don't don't get killed. Dude, dude, dude. Are you doing something stupid? And he says no. Okay, okay. And that's... You have totally gotten lost because of this multi-act structure. Okay. Have I? Yeah, you totally have. Because we have to talk about Spud in this scene. So we meet Spud in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Spud knew Richie from back in the day. I'm assuming he's a, from the United Kingdom. But now he's in Massachusetts. And he sells weapons and before you can do business with spud you have to drink Mm -hmm. which does lead to a hilarious scene as agent justin points out that's very very guy richie in the sense of may hangs the lampshade on it and says you guys are hard enough to understand when you're not drinking and you get them drinking and you you have this great use of uh captions to translate for these drunk men with accents come on you had to have enjoyed that yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. This is also, the, I guess we we have the setup here of you're, you can't just meet his employer. No, you, have you have to have fight to. your way in. And I do think we begin to kind of process here who's going to do the fighting. That's going to become a question that will have to be answered. But we both know at this point, you know, May is a better fighter. We do. And you're kind of jumping ahead here, though. You're getting way lost, man. You know, I mean, this multi-act structure is really throwing you off because that's not happening yet. Okay, now you can talk about the Bobby phone call. Well, she said that you're not doing anything stupid. And he says, no, not yet. <laughs> and this is where you get kind of a George Costanza justification for lying. Where May says, you lied to her. And <laughs> Lance says, yeah, but she knows I'm lying. So that means it's not technically a lie. Right. Well, and also in this scene, you get him kind of talking about the monotony of the work. You know, all there really is to do here is drink. Well, they're just waiting right now. Yeah. And I mean, that really does reinforce the fact that there's they can drink or they can go undercover and they can clean the weapons. You know, that's there's just not a lot to do, especially now that they've got this lead. It's not like they're tracking down other leads at the same time. This is really they're waiting for Spud to give them information. So there's two revelations in this scene, though. Revelation number one, Spud is a murderous thief who bit off a dude's nose. He's not the fun-loving drinking buddy that we thought he was. Well, he is because he, we saw him doing that, but he's also a maniac. The other is we find out some information about May and May's vacation. And yeah. The separation between May and Dr. Garner, Andrew. 
there's a pool back there. We've all been in a pool now and then. Not this Even kind. Even if we don't condone gambling. <laughs> Not this kind. Well, I see. I've I've been in baby pools. There was no money in it. No, I mean uh, they're basically betting on if he left May or if May left Dr. Garner. See, and in my mind, there's like a complicated grid that includes things like problems underneath. Like she left because of kids, work, sports teams, and then he left, and then the kind of the same things. And to win, you gotta put your money on the right circle. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Lance put his money on May leaving uh, Dr. Garner. A significant amount of money. And you get the impression May's not exactly, you know, thrilled with the idea of them doing this contest. But she tells him that he's going to lose his money. So Garner left her? That's what it sounds like. Interesting. At least that's what May's telling us. It's interesting because, I mean, we know that one of the th- – well, what she did after they split was she went to help her father. And we also know that Garner's not afraid of people asking May about it. So, yeah. I mean, we'll find out more. And that was just kind of a, hey, we're going to drop a little tidbit in front of you. When we come back to them, we are in Fight Club. <laughs> and it doesn't look like a fun place to be No, if and, you're one of the fighters. And we do establish that Richie has to be doing the fighting and not Gina. Because one of the things that they don't think should get up to Ward is a tiny little Asian lady beat everybody's butt. Yeah, then questions might get asked. But I, mean, I had this girlfriend once. <laughs> she was tiny and Asian. And she sometimes could kick we did things butt. that hurt. Yeah, yeah. So he has to do the fighting. Which is great. His plan, I can take a punch. And if if all else fails, I'll just Keep taking punches until the guy gets tired. I mean, and basically, you know he's Rocky Balboa. Talking about that, what? You know what I was thinking about when he was talking that way? Rocky Balboa? No, Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but it, it's it's a good strategy if you're going for the knockout. If you're going for points, not so much. He has to go for the knockout, and then they watch as the match ahead of them happens. That guy's not, you know, that guy wasn't taking a punch very well. But then we find out that the opponent, and this is our mid-episode twist. Okay, this this was the second twist. This is the twist because it's, it's the second one. It's the revelation that we get going into commercial. Um, and he has to fight Spud. And Spud's excited. Because one of the things in that conversation, again, thank you, Agent Justin, for pointing out that it was a uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels type scene, is the fact that Hunter teased Spud, excuse me, Richie teased Spud back in the day, led him to tears constantly. And Richie thought it was funny, but Spud wasn't laughing. And so Spud's actually out for some revenge. Richie, being his code name, it is, you know, I, I, I did think of Guy Richie. Is that where that code name came from? From the writers, not necessarily from from Lance. I could totally see him in that little soccer uh, zip-up tracksuit, totally in a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. 
So we come back from the commercial and Hunter's getting beat pretty bad. And he's he's actually saying, are you getting tired yet? Because that's kind of my strategy. He's not getting tired. We have another fight happen in between there. May is accosted by three thugs, takes them down and says, I'll do you a favor and not tell anyone that you were taken down by a small Asian lady. Uh, is she wanting them to say something? I kind of feel like she is. Like I, I feel like she she wanted isn't necessarily this. in line with Hunter's strategy of sneaking in. I think she's kind of trying to poke Ward in the eye, get him to come after her. Yeah, I get the impression that she wanted that. That when they came, you know, and she's she's antagonizing the guy. Now, on one hand, she can afford to antagonize him and so on one hand it could just be a you know what you're gonna hear be here and you're gonna kind of threaten me i'm gonna make you pay for that uh, because you shouldn't do that but she got to lose and on the other hand it's it's, andrew <laughs> on the other hand it's kind of a i'm gonna do this because i'm gonna hide in plain sight right now and i'm gonna let myself get caught maybe but Hunter wins because there are no rules and he has brass knuckles and he uses them and he kills Spud. Well, and that's, Ooh, see, and that's a big deal right there. It is. I mean, this it's a is, huge deal. I mean, Hunter's the good guy and he just killed somebody. And God, I wondered, he, did this, when it happened, I wondered, okay, does this mean he's not going to get in? No, no, because Again, Ward's all about that. Well, uh, no, my my wondering was because now that Spud is out, Spud is not just out, he's dead. Has he lost his his connection? You know, was Spud the guy who was going to do the introductions? That's what my concern was. Oh, Spud, who said he would do this, is gone. But they have other guys there who, you know, honor the deal. I'm just, I'm serious. Since season one... When Colson took care of our friend who wrote everything down with his gun, has a good guy on Agents of Shield killed anyone? Oh, I'm sure that they have, but I don't know. But now we had two. We had two of them though. I wrote this down because exactly two, two accidental two. killings of friends. And the other thing I wrote down was when I started making the connection between Lance and Lincoln, I, I wrote down. And then we have alcohol played for laughs and alcoholism played for emotion. But you had both of them dealing with with uh, alcohol. Different situations. But the two accidental killings of friends, though, in Lance's case, at least, his friend turned out not to be a friend. In, in Lincoln's case... I thought he was going to actually get his friend back, you know, to life and his friend. Because that's like, what the good guy does. Well, but not just, not only that, but his friend is going to be, oh, wow, you, you stayed here to help me. I am so sorry. I was so wrong. Uh, you know, I should have never done this. You're still the friend that I knew. But it didn't happen that way. So they get in. Lance gets in. And he's in the room that is labeled with a nice little Hydra symbol. And he says, I, I can't wait to meet the boss. You know, you know, he's not going to yet, but 
you know, not from this one meeting, but the boss likes this kind of thing. So Lance is in. And that's our B plot. What do you think? Um, a lot of good May stuff. Again, Hunter in in his element is Richie. Does crack me up a little bit. And I do think I do I think May wants Ward to come to her, not her going to Ward. Yeah, the only thing with that that possibly makes me wonder if if we're right about that is that she could have not told Lance they're going to know it's me. She could have just gone into the fight. And if she had done that, she would have won the fight and, you know, they would have found out about her and Ward might have come after her. She couldn't have. Dude, he's right there. Who's right there? He would have totally known. No, I mean, when they had the conversation earlier on where they're talking about who should go and do the fight. And May says, you know, it's got to be you, because if it's not you, if it's me, they're going to figure it out. And May could have never said a thing and said, maybe I should do this. And, you know, I'm I'm going to be able to win this fight. And so that's that's the one thing that makes me say, well, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she does want it to be a secret, but I, I don't know yet. We'll find out. We will find out. I mean, we're going to have a confrontation with Ward at some point around episode 11. Maybe even sooner. Maybe even sooner. So, all right. You want to talk C plot? C plot. C plot is basically Simmons. Uh, re- Simmons rehab, basically. She's she's the fits of the season. She's she the broken one. And she's got physical problems. She has to get used to a lighter gravity. Gravity was stronger on the where she came from. She has uh, things in her lungs. She's malnourished, and they're they're helping her physically, but they're also going to help her mentally. They're worried about both her physical health and her mental health. She enjoys the shower, which is a nice moment where it's just. Remember that scene where she was waking up in the morning and just going through her whole routine? She may enjoy the shower, but she doesn't enjoy the light. No, and she doesn't enjoy the noises, all these distractions and everything. And there's a shower head on the side of the shower that's kind of horizontal to her that she does not have turned on. I really think she'd be enjoying that shower more if it was on. I always like it when you can get those shower heads that like right on your shoulders. Yeah. 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 I was I enjoy I enjoy the the hotel showers where it's it's just a stronger more powerful stream you can get it right yeah, on your I shoulders don't get that. pound out that neck dude you can totally get a head to take care of that for you but I don't get those in hotels I get those in my shower I get really really poor pressure and sometimes it's not even hot water okay I think we clearly need a plumbing recommendation for you uh did you know that there's actually Two blocks away from me, someone who works for a Fisk plumbing. There's a a Fisk plumbing van. Don't there. Don't get a hug. I will try not to, and I also will not go near the door of that van, just in case. I think that's that's plain and safe. I think that's smart. (laughs) 
So Simmons is also interested in the leftover remains of the portal. Uh, Bobby dismisses them as space rocks. They are now space rocks. The portal is space rocks. But then we're getting kind of a post-traumatic stress disorder kind of reaction to all the different noises and stuff around her. And Yeah, cell phones freak her out. Vibrations freak her out. Yeah. Which probably isn't good when your friend Daisy vibrates things. Just saying. Yeah, maybe. Just want to throw that out there. But, you know, Quake is more natural. And cell phone vibrations are an unnatural thing. So. She's not a cat. She's a person. Okay, settle down. <laughs> Why do you keep telling me to settle down? I don't get... Upset. Because the level of crazy you're bringing today is a, a Daniel level, not a Ben level. I don't know what... Uh, there's just moments when I just... SMH. Jump over an edge? SMH. There's a line and you go too far? Yep, that's tonight. Yeah. So then we you get know a conversation. You for me to be the serious one. <laughs> so then we get a conversation with Fitz and Bobby <laughs> where Fitz is basically, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And Bobby says, hey, my knee, the rehab, you know, what did you tell me? You need to be patient. You need to be patient. Maybe you need to start fresh. Get her away from the things she recognizes because he took her to her desk, which is the way she left it. He didn't let them move a post-it note, which I would be so thankful because I love post-it notes and I have them in their spots on my desk. Just those little messages. There's one for my wife that says, I love you. And then next to that, there's one that has passwords for the attendance uh, program we use. I mean, it's just, I don't want those moved and I would be so appreciative of this. But I can understand Simmons was on another world for, for three months, and maybe the desk is not the most important thing when there's these lights and sounds and stuff. So Bobby says, start fresh. Go somewhere new. Do and something you know, different. I'm finding this conversation fascinating because, again, relationship shorthand, where we've seen Mac and Daisy as partners, it becomes really clear fast here. That Bobby and Fitz have become science bros. They're pretty. They're pretty tight. Yeah, so, it's so exciting to see Bobby doing the science because, you know, in her first appearance in the Marvel Comics universe, she appeared as a scientist who was working on the Super Soldier program with Ted Salas. Dude, we've all heard about the man which thing created Man Thing when there was an accident, and so she actually was a part of that. And I'm going to move on now. Yeah, you should. Um, but anyway. Yeah, they're, they're friends. This is, they they have a friendship that, you know, is natural but not expected. And he helped her and gave her encouragement during rehab. Mm -hmm. And you almost made me think maybe he helped during that rehab period, helped encourage her to rediscover her love of science. That's possible. The other thing is he's telling her rehab works, you know. Uh well, because well, rehab yeah, is the antithesis of that. fun. And then he says, case in point, I actually just used the word antithesis. Yeah, excellent. I, had, I hadn't even thought about that. And I even heard him say that. Yeah, it's a great moment where they're, again, hanging a lampshade on the fact that Fitz is now doing better. And it's nice. I, I'm glad that Fitz is doing better. It feels quick because we skipped three months. And that's 
that's one issue I have is I wish we could have seen more of what was happening in those three months, but we will hopefully see uh, Simmons flashbacks because she's having, she's having flashbacks, but just not on, on the screen yet. So Fitz just quickly, as soon as she says that, start fresh, takes out his phone and walks away. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Is he going to try to scare her with the vibrating phone? <laughs> I'm going to call her right now. Maybe she'll have a new ringtone and that'll be the new. No, what is that Take it new? Off silent. What is the new that he's going to do? This is brilliant. Brilliant storytelling. I love this and the way they use this. Dinner for two. Dinner for two. They've held this reservation for three months. He's a very persistent young man. Well, you know what this tells me? He's not just persistent. This is a man who had hope. Now, maybe he was delusional in having the hope that he did. But this is a man who said, I'm not canceling this reservation. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to find her. And we're going to go out to dinner. It's going to happen. It's not an if it happens. It's a when it happens. And because of the special circumstances, they get the restaurant to themselves. No distractions. No other people. No bright lights. There's some candles. Yes. But I, I love this scene. It's a nice scene. And the way it ends, it's not nice, you know, because it ends with basically someone who's dealing with a lot of trauma uh, breaking down and crying. But that's good. That's good. She's letting herself deal with and sort through the emotions. And yeah, it, I, I like this. I, I don't know what you think about this. I liked it. I like the fact that he was super sweet. And we have the payoff from the end of last season where they were making plans for a date. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and the and fact that, that, that goes into he, that why I think it's a brilliant scene for whoever wrote this or the writer's room. And it really does. Again, when you talk about shorthand, you go into a restaurant, you know it's a restaurant, you see it's completely empty. And again, shorthand, he truly cares. He's all about making her comfortable. Yeah. I liked it. Fitz is a good guy. We, You know, we've known him for three seasons. He's never seemed too much like a jerk. I mean, what do you expect? He's a great guy. There were some moments of jealousy back back in the day when he thought he liked Sky. Yeah, you kind of made that up. I didn't. It was. It's not subtext. It was text. It happened on screen. Yeah, whatever. It was the whole, you know, Luke and Han kind of situation. Luke never had a chance. Unfortunately. Well, actually, fortunately, he never had a chance. I, I do remember watching that movie multiple times before Return of the Jedi and just thinking to myself, oh, Luke can't get the girl, but Luke is me. I, I identify with Luke, and he's not going to get the girl because Han is so much cooler. And I've always identified with Han. I do not I'll begrudge you that. You may do that, I guess. <laughs> but it's our love of vests. Oh, okay. And boots. 
Oh, mostly Venice. Okay. Our tag scene, Simmons is looking at the portal stuff. Okay, you need to slow down. Slow down. Our tag scene begins with a hey girl. Because you've had plenty of opportunity for that. Because we get to watch Bobby work out. And I'm I'm watching it though, and I'm wondering where are we going with this where we're just watching her do her rehab? And where where can this go? I'm waiting for her knee to give out or something. Well, and see, I was looking at this as she's getting ready to get back into the field because she's ready to she she mentioned it. She wants to be back in the field. She's talked to bored. She's talked to Fitz about it. She's talked to Hunter on the phone. And so I was looking at this as totally being a transition into her making her way back into the field. So for where this actually goes, I was like, whoa, in tag mid twist. (laughs) No, this is what the tag is supposed to do. The tag is supposed to set up some of the stuff that's coming. And this is brilliant. I love this moment. I love this moment. It reminded me of Back to the Future, you know, where we got to save your kids. Yeah, we got to go back to the future or lost. Actually, lost also had that that moment where it's a end of an episode. And it's we have to go back to the island. Uh, but this is well, spoiler for lost. But um, yeah, I have to go back. That's why she's interested. That's why she's interested in this stuff. What does she need to go back for? I don't know. Did she leave a kid there? Is it her boyfriend? Is it possible that she met uh, a, a small knitting club? Perhaps she It is has possible some diamonds. That, that the teleporting man or the phasing man or whatever it is, I still haven't been able to go back and, and check because I did have someone call me out on that and say that we were not seeing someone fade in and out, um, but we were actually seeing a uh, time lapse. I still think that we were seeing her solid running across and then the guy fading in and out, but I need to go back and watch the tape. Is there someone there? She said she was on the run. She's being hunted. Is there someone else there? Did she find a colony of people? I mean, how many people were sent into this place over time? Did they find each other? Did they band together? Man, you've got a lot of questions. I do, I do. And it's that writer's mind. I mean, I want these stories. I want to know. I have one answer. And that is? I want you to sit down because this is going to solve it all. I pretty much do all my podcasting sitting down, so I'm already there. It's all connected. To? No, I have no idea, but whatever's going on there <laughs> is connected to what else is going on in the Marvel Universe. I it's am not- going to say that you are 100% right, Daniel, with your vague very, very vague answer of it's connected I, to some of the other things going on. I, I think one way or another, whatever's back there, I, I'm hoping it's not something that disrupts the romance between Mr. Nicey Nice and her. But I think whatever it is, is connected to something that's also going to be going on in the MCU today. I, I think you're probably right. But the MCU is so broad. And that's what's great about it. I love that we're going to other planets in our show. It's crazy. It's fun. Crazy. It's exciting. It is. So, shall we Yeah, let's 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 recap. What do you think about this episode? Did you like this episode? I'm getting a little bit of ambivalence from you. A little bit of yes, a little bit of no. 
Well, that's because you're getting a little bit of yes and a little bit of no from me. I thought it was, a, I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was another solid contribution. It's moving the story forward. Is it my favorite episode? No. Do, am I anticipating that there's going to be episodes I like even more? Absolutely. Uh, well, again, when we go back, that's going to be a pretty big deal. I mean, there's stuff coming. Um, did I want to scratch my eyes out and never see it again? No. No, this is was a moving episode. Was it bigger episode. than the Chicago right. Cubs winning game four of the... Of their first series. No, it wasn't because that was a pretty big deal. That was tense. It was tense. This episode, were you tense? No, not really. Because, no. again, I had so many um, chemicals going through my body earlier today. So many different things being released <laughs> in my system. I only yelled once. <laughs> I only yelled once. Uh, and during luckily, the game, it you wasn't mean? so loud I got in trouble for yelling because I have done that before. So the episode it's itself. It's a joy to watch a game with me, Ben. It's a joy. I a joy that I will gladly allow other people to experience. I will sacrifice that joy for someone else. But uh, the episode itself, it's a moving episode. It's a let's move our pieces on the board. Let's uh, explore the relationships. Let's allow them to to breathe. There's some change in relationships. But then the other thing that I'm I'm thinking is. The, the moments where they could be tense, they, they didn't go there. It, and it was that conflict as, you know, Daisy and Mac are going after Lincoln and the other team is coming in. That was not played as a conflict of, you know, a physical con conflict. That was played as an emotional conflict. That was, we're coming in, guns raised, but oh, no, now we're just going to get Lincoln because Colson's giving it to us. And you have betrayal and you have this, this emotional response. And so that's what I, that's why I like this episode. Yeah. It's not it going to be cool a top to 10 episode. Male Lola. Does male Lola fly? I don't know, but that was a fun moment. So. I mean, there's, there's lots of little pieces in here that are enjoyable. And again, this is my favorite show on TV. I like it better when I'm tense. Hey, you know what was nice? We haven't had really intense fighty fighty for a while. We got some of that tonight. We did. We did. Uh, uh, May looks good outside of a jumpsuit in the sense of she proves she can wear things that aren't jumpsuits. You know, well, she's proven that before, though. She's proven that before. And those guns, they got a lot of them just laying around their apartment. I hope their landlord doesn't find them. Well, I mean, they're arms dealers now. I mean, that's that's kind of their cover. I'm just so, saying, how how is that covered on your lease? I, have they broken their? Do they get their deposit back because of the smell of gun oil? I don't think gun smugglers really worry too much about their lease. I'm just putting it out there, having never been a gun smuggler myself. So I'm just saying, between does fake does male Lola fly? Why are we going back? How are we going to go back? Why is Bobby rehabbing so hard? And finally, of course, will Richie get a return on his deposit? I've got a lot of questions that I need to have answered. And it's all connected. A lot of movement in this episode, but not a lot of action. Definitely not a top 10, but a solid, solid addition. And I'm loving season three so far. I'm really enjoying it. Well, there you go. Not much more to say than that, so shall we move to our field report? Let's do it. Shield field report. 
First things first, we have a thank you to throw out there. And that is from the 502 Entourage, who is from the United States, who left us a five-star review in iTunes. Uh, title was Great AOS Podcast. And again, uh, we are just very thankful for the review. We're thankful for the kind words. And so uh, 502 Entourage, whoever you might be, thank you from the bottom of my heart and thank you from somewhere on Daniel's body. I'd rather not think about it. Uh, we are we are very thankful for this. From the top of my cub cap. <laughs> that's, that's big. That's uh. That's We've a, established a, a deep, seven and five eight. Deep thanks. Seven and five eights. It's a deep thanks that you're getting there, and that kind of thing is something that helps the podcast. Ways you can help the podcast are by leaving reviews on iTunes by going to welcomelevel7.com slash. Um, oh, I can't remember the, the link. Uh, buying things from Amazon through our website, but um, and buying the you know the Howard the Duck. <laughs> uh, podcast uh commentary which we need to do a new one but yeah we we thank you we thank you deeply you have been uh all all of our listeners we, we thank you you listening audience is really the main reason for us doing this you make this fun you make it uh worth our time worth our effort and we are very glad to be able to spend this time with you so speaking of spending time uh, we have basically two emails to to read. So I'm going to start with uh, this short one from Agent Stu from the UP. And this is bringing up the, uh, the comic stuff. He says, I logged into my Marvel Unlimited account today to catch up on my Star Wars comics. And lo and behold, it's as if they listened to Welcome to Level 7 last week and my email. So here's some Jessica Jones comics. Sadly, Alias is not found on there. Anyway, love the show. Thanks. And the one that he's pointing out was one released last week that I have not read yet. That was free. It is. It's free. It is a. Uh, it's actually our first real story that that features Jessica Jones. The story itself, and I don't know if we'll talk about this on our comic episode or not, Daniel. But it's I, Jessica I think Jones. Maybe not the next one. It's Jessica Jones. Uh, working for a client who has hired her to go and talk to Turk. And so Daredevil gets mentioned and it's, it's a nice little story. It's a short story. I think I want to say it was like eight to 10 pages, but well, don't spoil me. I, I, I'm just telling you the length, uh, but it ties in and it's, it's our first opportunity to see Jessica Jones do what she does. And it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, who I believe is her creator. Is that correct? It is correct. So then we got an uh, email from Agent Diana, and she says, Greetings, agents. I just wanted to write in and say I share Ben's hesitance to embrace Simmons' early return. On one hand, I'm pleased that she's back because that means we will get to see more of her next week than we did in the first two episodes. Simmons has been one of my favorite characters since the pilot, and I've missed having her around with the team. But, on the other hand, from a story perspective, I found her rushed return to be unsatisfying and poorly paced. 
I think it would have been better if they had spread Fitz discovering the sand from the monolith, the team figuring out how to open the portal, and the rescue of Simmons across two or three episodes. It just felt a little ridiculous for Fitz to go from a place of near despair to having rescued Simmons in what seems to be a single day of work. Because everything happened so fast, they skipped over a lot of interesting story beats that I would have expected a plot involving intergalactic travel and a quest to find a loved one to have. And having Simmons so perfectly placed on the other side of the portal so that she could be rescued by Fitz on his first try, despite all odds, was too convenient. Good storytelling takes time. I don't think they took enough time to tell the story of Simmons' rescue well. On another note, I had an idea on why the contaminated fish oil supplements might be safe for human consumption. It could have something to do with the fact that metals are not water-soluble. We learned from Jiang that Afterlight's crystals came from melted-down diviners and that their crystals were only dangerous to humans because they still had fragments of the diviner embedded in them. If the Terrigen crystals dissolved in the ocean, the dissolved particles might have left the metal fragments of the diviner behind. Just a theory based on my admittedly fuzzy memories of high school chemistry. Thanks for the podcast, Agent Diana. Oh, drop it, buddy. Just drop it. Shall I? Oh, yeah. The new prize winner of the day. Consider it dropped. I feel so much better now. I really do. Good. It's the terrigen chemicals that are in the fish, not the diviner metal. It's safe. Makes sense. It's safe for me to take fish oil pills again. (laughs) It makes sense. We did get one more bit of uh, feedback from Agent Schroeder, and I don't know if he wants us to to read it out loud, but um, he was giving us some some feedback and some some advice about how we use the chat room while we we record. well, uh, I'll share that with you, Daniel, but Agent Schroeder, we did get your email and we've, we've already talked about some of the things you were talking about. So just wanted to drop that for you. Apparently Ben thinks that I was too distracted. Well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things we tried it and you know, next time we have some ideas on how to make it work if there is a next time. So it was fun. I enjoyed doing it, but we'll try it again. Maybe. Yeah. So, Daniel, that that brings us to the end of this episode. I think uh, after the credits, we'll talk just for a few minutes, maybe, about uh, uh, Heroes Reborn. All right. So clearly, I'll be the only one talking about Heroes after the the credits. Why is that? You said for a few minutes, and I got a lot to say. Oh, yeah. You'll be saying more than I have, probably. Uh, Yeah. So you have any final words for everyone? No, I'm good. Season three. It's 3-3. We're hitting it. We are. Go Cubs, go. (laughs) So all I have to say is, you know, we did talk about, you know, helping the podcast and, uh, you know, going to our our website and finding the Howard the Duck, you know, thing where you can donate however little or however much you would like. And then we'll get you a a download for the Howard the Duck thing. And you can go to our our Amazon store as well. Um, But really what it comes down to when you're talking about podcasting, and, you know, doing this kind of fan podcast and stuff like that. We really need buyers with deep pockets and bad intentions. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at Facebook.com slash Welcome to Level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're Level 7 Pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. All right, we can't go too long, Daniel. Oh, okay. So, so I, I have a couple things I want to say. One, right. one, they're doing the thing that you were hoping they wouldn't do. They're trying to redeem the, uh, oh, what's the actor's name? The serial killer. No, Luke. Yeah. Zachary Levi. Yeah. That, that was one of my points was, you know, they're trying to redeem him. He's a serial killer. And even here in this episode, we see him behaving as a serial killer. And I... I understand that we're supposed to be sympathetic to him because he's lost his child and now he's becoming the thing that he hates because he's becoming an Evo. Uh, but he's again, becoming the thing that he hates and it's kind of pushing him away from being this other, you know, being the serial killer, but that's not enough. And and we get in this, you know, I was never really into the serial killing. But <laughs> Can you say that? Is that he an kinda, excuse? Like, you know, that first time that we killed somebody, you slept so soundly and I couldn't and I sleep all night. throwing up all night. And, it's like, no, you know, so, I get it. We're trying to make him sympathetic. But he's a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you know, Lincoln in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has to face a consequence for the fact that John's dead. Uh, he's you know, facing the consequence and it's a very personal consequence. Yeah, but, but we but at least not... are going to address it somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, Luke Collins can't get a get-out-of-jail-free card. <clears throat> I understand that they he's going to be part of the team that's going to fix this problem that's coming. But, you know, maybe he's going to have to sacrifice himself, you know? Yeah, I think something like that is going to have to happen, but... <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, okay. So the first time you went out and killed someone, you weren't really that into it. So it makes it okay. No. Okay. The second thing I wanted to say, um, and, and that is, uh, I, again, am taken back to that first season of heroes that I really got hooked in where it's kind of watching all of these different characters and then wondering what's going to bring them together. How are they all going to get together? And I'm 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 liking that angle of things. You know what I think they're doing? I think they're getting a redo. I really do. It's, what do you mean? It's mostly different characters. Yeah, and the, but it's a redo in the sense of they're getting this chance to do this story where everything's connected. You mean Tim Kring? Yep. Kring is getting a redo. He's getting a redo yeah. of season one. Yeah, I think so too. And, I. And, and they're doing all the set. things people liked about season one without doing all the things that they did bef- you know, after that, where it's like, well, what do people like? Let's give it to them. Let's give them to them. Instead, it's, this is the kind of story you liked. We're going to give it, you that. But he's, he's locked in. He's got 13 episodes. There's no 22 episodes. There's no hiatus. There's no adapting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He has to, there's no testing and changing. 
he's going to tell this story. And I think that in many ways is what's happened here is Kring is getting a redo of telling season one again and maybe telling the, a, a season, a version of season one that he wanted. The third thing they're all going to come together. Yeah. And that's and what's, that's what was something... fun about season one was watching them come together, meet each other after we have already spent time with them and then seeing them, you know, it, it's, it's Avengers. It's, we had Thor, we had Hulk, we had Captain America, we had uh, Iron Man, and then they all come together in the Avengers, and that's what's fun about that. And yeah, and it's what worked for season one for me. Uh, I'm having flashbacks to season one that I liked. So, third thing I wanted to bring up before you talk, talk, um, watching Heroes Reborn a couple days ago and then watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. today. I felt like I was watching something in the same world because you have basically Inhumans on the run, Evos on the run. Uh, you have these organizations that are coming after them, and it felt like uh, of a kind. They're they're both dealing with some similar themes. So that was I found that interesting. So those are the things I wanted to bring up. What about you, Daniel? I have two more things that well, three more things. <laughs> I have a lot. I love heroes. I know you do. And this is three more. Some of them are quick. Some are this quick. this segment is relevant to our interest, and and I think yeah. relevant to some of our listeners' interests as well. So, so, so go for you, it. If you are a hero from the original show, just be worried for yourself. You know, there's a, I think there's a reason why a lot of these people, when you look on Wikipedia, have one episode next to them. Well. We have narration from Suresh, Suresh. as we should, and but, we but like, references to some of these other people. But I mean, how spoilery can we get about past episodes of Heroes Reborn? Yeah, I think anything that's happened on Heroes Reborn is up for up for grabs, including this episode. Including this episode. Well, well yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're talking about. The, the most recent episode on. Yeah, I think you can. Okay, so here in the needs of the many. We see um, Molly Walker die, oh. and we've already seen the Haitian die. You know, we know that Christine Rose is coming in as Angela Petrelli. You know, she doesn't have one episode behind her name, but will she? Only be in one episode? We're waiting for Parkman to come in. Is he going to just be on one episode? Because some of these folks are just not getting happy endings. Yeah, yeah. That was Which that was I, rough. With Molly. Which, you know, knowing the origin of the Haitian, you know, it makes sense for him to have an unhappy ending because his origin is not happy. Sad to say. Well, and he did some bad things. Um, Number one and a half, still love Harris. <laughs> Harris is awesome. And there, back in the comic, there was a, in the Adam Monroe se season two, there was a great Heroes had this great comic that they put out online, and there was this great storyline where Adam fought basically a guy who was like Harris. That was a, a clone, a self-cloner. And again, it's just sweet to be able to see that power come onto the screen. Okay, so um, two. No, I love Noah, but it's really cool to see him paired up with Quentin because of the contrasts. He Noah, wasn't as annoying this episode. He was a little annoying. But he wasn't but as annoying. But 
Noah never had annoying partners. You know what I mean? Claude and the Haitian were not annoying. No. They were professional. So this is a really interesting contrast from what we've seen from back in the old series where you have kind of a comedic sidekick working with Noah. It may not always work with you, but it's a very different setup. Yeah. No, and what that does is he's our in character. And he also has an emotional connection here with his sister, who I think was who we saw at the end of the episode. They talk yes, about bringing she's the shadow. The shadow. Yeah, but because I I will admit I I don't watch a lot of stuff online. Did you watch the mini episodes? I didn't watch them all, but I know from that that the that she is the shadow. So, all right. So that was number two. Well, uh, and then number three, when we – again, we get a replay here. You know, Kring's replaying. But he really is also getting an opportunity to play with some hero concepts that he didn't get to do before. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to argue he's now brought Batman into the hero's universe. He sure did. I mean, he, he went full Daredevil. We're full Batman now. Yeah. I mean, he really, he's mixing them both because it's the same character with Carlos and, and the El Vengador uh, personality. A little bit of, of Iron Man too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's building a car, a Batmobile. He's building a costume that you can argue is either Daredevil or Batman. Or um, Iron Man, he, because it's augmenting his strength as well. Yeah, and really when you think about it, you know, we had the Hunter who was a bad guy, and we had Noah who was gray as could be, but we never had a non-powered person in Heroes that was attempting to interact within the powered world. Mm-hmm. And doing good things. We didn't have a non-powered person being a hero. And really, that's what Carlos is doing. Is he's putting on the mantle of El Vengador and being, he's being Batman. He's giving himself powers, yeah. And and it's it's fascinating, especially when you realize, when you think about the fact that Kring never brought a Batman into this world. He had flyers like Superman. He had time travelers. You know, he had all these different power sets. But the one thing he never really truly explored before was someone who wasn't powered being a hero. Yeah. I I was waiting for him to actually develop powers. But instead, Which he created I, I, his I'll, own. And, and I'll say this right now. If he gets powers, I will feel incredibly cheated. Unless they do it right and do it well. We'll see. Well, but I mean that's one of the problems with the the first ver- version of Hero sometimes is you'd have these side characters that didn't have powers and then they'd like get a power. <laughs> well, you know. You know, um, Hero's buddy, you know, he gets a power, you know. Well, he was a side character. He wasn't really – he wasn't Batman. You know, he was – he was the sidekick, but then we had to go and make him a hero yeah. and give him a power. And they I never really did anything a... with like, uh, you know, proximity to heroes maybe gets you powers or something, you know, where it's a storytelling. It's part of the storytelling. Instead, it was just coincidence. Yeah. So I don't I don't want him to get powers. Well, at I this point, I don't think he, he should. I, I think the storytelling that we're seeing will not work as well if he actually does develop a power. But I think you're right. Because what about Jose, his... I mean, he has to protect, protect Jose, who has powers. Are we so going again, to get a Robin power. out of Jose? I don't care. I'm good with that. No, I, I, I mean, I'm asking you, is that something that we you think we're going to see? Because... 
it could, I think it could happen, yeah. I mean, Ho- Jose's already found the cave. Yep. Very Batman-y story, storytelling. And Jose does love Carlos, though I do think at some point we're going to have a crisis with Carlos where it's going to be revealed to Jose that when Carlos was a hero, he really wasn't a hero. You mean when he's a hero in the In the, the past. War? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. That whatever this thing was that he did that everybody's giving him praise for, whatever it was, it's it's somehow a lie. Well, yeah, and they've already alluded to that. Oh, they did, straight up. Yeah. So overall, do you feel like you are getting a return to a universe that you really love? Or do you feel like, were you fearful about this? Dude, I'm the guy whose prediction was is that season one was going to be great. And then uh, nobody else was going to, you know, they would get season two and and then it would be a huge letdown. I mean, ratings are dropping for it. Is it? Yeah, but not hugely. I mean. I bet they're getting some good numbers, um, you know, the plus seven or whatever with the. Oh, I would imagine the plus seven is great. Because that's where I'm watching. It's probably compared to like Arrow in the Flash on a different network. It's probably crushing them, but. Yeah. At least I hope it is. So, all right. But yeah, the lion's den next. We, I'm sure we're going to find out more about our big problem and and our new Primatech stand-in is going to try to keep us from saving the world. So, Yeah, well, and they don't just want to stop people from saving the world. Sounds like they almost want to depopulate the world. Well, and I'm thinking of another movie, <laughs> another recent movie when I hear... I'm just saying I could see Samuel L. Jackson dropping those lines. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Heroes Reborn then. And I think it's time for us to shut down our Skype and head to bed. <laughs> Talk to you later, Daniel.